Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I was just closing out a few things to hopefully have decent Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I live in the boondocks almost. I kind of live where the internet's not quite as strong. So I have to worry about that sometimes. I, I hear you. <laughs> I am so excited to speak with you because um, for our guest, we have Tia. And is it Fagan? How do you say your last name? It is. It's Fagan. Tia Fagan. Yep. Uh, she does conscience parenting. And I'm excited about that I have a just now three-year-old mm-hmm. and that's really what I've been trying to gravitate to doing the conscious parenting. Um, and I've definitely struggled a little bit, you know, because I try to get away from like the spanking to more talking through emotions, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it can be difficult because my three-year-old, um, I struggle with the consistency of my way of things. So she, she can be very emotional and very, um, act out sometimes. And so it's, it's kind of difficult for me to, to stay in this place of conscious parenting. So I'm really excited uh, to speak with you. Yeah, no. And it's important to recognize it is hard to stay in that present calm yeah. space because we're human and we have experiences from our past that show up with our interactions with our kids. And so knowing it's not about perfection, we're going to make mistakes and how can we meet them the next time and the next time and each time. So it's building that muscle and that awareness Yeah, because our past is influencing how we parent, how we were parented and how they, our parents' parents were parented influences how we parent. And it's not always conscious. It's often on that subconscious level that we're not even aware of. I know I am. I'm bad about being hard on myself because I've always known the first five years are so important. First five years are so important. Mm. So when I catch myself doing that, I'm like, oh my God. So then I'm, you know, setting her down and I'm like, let me explain what's going on. And mommy's having a really hard time right now. And this is not your fault. It's not your responsibility, but she's three. So it's like, right, <laughs> right, like, right. Sometimes but, we talk a little too much trying to explain it. Yeah. But yeah. So it's finding that new, that balance of this is my stuff. It's not you. And it's okay. Right you know? Yeah. So I was reading about how you studied under, I don't know if I'll say her name, (laughs) right. Um, Dr. Shafali. Yes. It's Dr. Shafali Sabari. Okay. Yeah. And she, one of Oprah's like, uh, favorite, uh, kind of teacher or expert in this field that she Mm -hmm. always recommended. So I thought that was so neat. How did you um, end up going to working and training under her. Yeah. So my story is, I'll try to keep it short because, you know, we can have a whole episode about everyone's stories, right. (laughs) And how they get to where they are today. But so I was an engineer. I used to be a civil engineer. I did engineering consulting, and then I had children and I didn't know it, but I was having twins. I found out halfway through my pregnancy, I was having twins. So that was an adjustment right there. And then I was put on bed rest and all of that. And they spent 12 days in the NICU after they were born. And then they came home. And because I was an engineer, so in my head, very analytical, give me information. I just want information, information. So I read books and, you know, how can I be the perfect parent, right? You know, how can I raise these two beings in the right way? Um, 
and so I was, you know, things would show up. I'd try something, you know, this book says, try this. And it would work for a little bit, but then it wouldn't work. And it never felt really good inside of me. Like timeouts never felt good. They did not work with my children, but that's what the book said. You know, that's what parents, they parent experts tell you to do, but it never felt right. And so along the journey, I started to, you know, I read Eckhart Tolle. I started reading books of self-development for myself and started that journey of, and by the way, I had stopped being an engineer and became a full-time mom and then started working part-time once they started um, Montessori preschool. And as I started to work on myself, you know, things start to shift. You start to go within, you know, looking at our shadow self, going through all of that stuff. But I wasn't intentionally putting this work into my parenting. Of course, it was showing up, but it wasn't with intention and with mindfulness. And then about middle school age, Dr. Shafali was on Oprah with about her book, The Conscious Parent. And that book changed my life. I read, you know, I saw her. I'm like, wait a minute. She's this, this is making sense. This is the missing puzzle piece that I was missing in my parenting and in my own journey. And I got The Conscious Parent, read it super fast. I'm like, this is, oh my gosh, here, here it is. And it wasn't a how-to book. It was a how-to-be book how to explore, you know, your children are reflecting back to you, the parts within you that you need to address, that you need to heal. It's not about fixing your child. It's not about changing behavior. The behaviors are just behaviors. It has nothing to do with anything. It has everything to do with you. So putting the spotlight on ourselves. And so I, she had her first online course, took it right away. I'm like, I'm taking this course with this and learning more so I can apply it in my own life. And the rest is history. So I took every course. Um, So I've been a student of hers since 2014. And then she opened up her Conscious Coaching Institute, signed right up and became certified with her because I know the power of conscious parenting and the work in my own relationship with my kids who are now, well, they'll be 21 this year um, and how it's changed everything. So I want to help other parents and people, you know, because it's not just for parents. This work is for everyone. So yeah, that was the long, long answer to your your question. Oh, no, that's fine. Most of our audience are, are people who are struggling with things or they just got through something very traumatic. And so the more in depth we go, the better just because it not only do we learn from the you are breaking up I don't I can't hear everything you're saying I know you said something about a quote and you were saying a little bit before that but you're you're definitely breaking up (laughs) okay let's see if I can the challenges of technology right (laughs) no I it's like hit and miss sometimes I have to record out of my bedroom (laughs) for the best Yeah. So we just got to do what we flow with it. That's just the as is of the present moment. Right. (laughs) 
place for me to go. <laughs> Finding the, the strongest signal. <laughs> My Wi-Fi was on. I turned it off. Mm. Oh, I can see you now. You can? <laughs> I can see you, but you're still can freezing. Can you hear me okay? Or? I can hear okay. you better. You're still a little breaking up, but not like it was before. It's definitely better. Let's see if we can move real fast and see if that will help. All right. It's my beautiful bedroom. <laughs> Let's see if this helps. All right. Is that any better? Yeah, I think so. Keep trying, keep talking, and we'll see. Okay. Um, so there was this quote about how um being an adult is nothing more than just healing over childhood and all the yeah. messed up things of it. And that's really what stuck with me mm. about how I want to make sure I don't, <clears throat> my daughter's going to have things to heal no matter what, but I don't want to, I don't want her to have to spend the majority of her adulthood healing childhood. If mm. there's something that I can do to help prevent mm. that. Yeah. I mean, we, we can't prevent their pain. We can't prevent, you know, cultural influences, everything. And are we going to mess up? Are we going to cause little bits of pain? Yes. That's just the reality of it. But if we can do it a little less and break those generational patterns, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, so what, like, in case somebody is listening right now and they're like, what is conscience parenting? How would you explain that. Oh, that's always a question I answer differently every time based on where I'm at in the moment. So I will explain it this way. Conscious parenting is about being in the present moment, noticing and responding from a place within us, a, more of a healed place and recognizing that our children are our greatest teachers, our children present us opportunities to learn and grow about ourselves so that we can be more authentic and more true and the adult self rather than parenting from our child self, which is often what does happen when we are triggered. So I look at those triggers as opportunities and moments where we can create deep connection rather than go into trying to fix change our child. It's about always returning what's going on within me, what's going on within me. So conscious parenting is really ultimately about reparenting our own individual self. Because when we reparent ourself, nurture that inner child within us, heal those wounds, integrate, you know, and when I talk about this, and I know you talk about this in your podcast, it's not about bypassing. It's integrating the pain, integrating the shadow. We're not trying to get rid of that because that's part of who we are, but how can we have it so it's not taking the wheel, driving the bus, it, that it's just there, we notice it and we're not gonna project that onto our child. So conscious parenting ultimately is reparenting ourselves, 100%. And then we can be there for our child fully present without our projections, without putting our pain onto them, because all they're doing is being a kid. 
regardless yeah. of their age, adult child, toddler, they're just being who they are with the tools that they have. They're not yeah. there to, it's not personal. <laughs> Bottom yeah, line, right. their behavior is not personal. So yeah, it's reparenting ourselves. That, that's such a great definition. I love that. And I'm glad I'm recording so that I can go back and write that down. Like, um, cause I think that's a beautiful way to explain it. What, so I, as we are reparenting ourselves, what would be your advice then on, in the meantime, how, what is a way for somebody to, you know, discipline their child in the meantime, as far as in a conscious way, if they are acting out or are doing behaviors like, um, you know, not listening, or even if they were like, you know, being hurtful to another child, what could mm -hmm. be a possibility of how to discipline that's still being conscious? Sure. So I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> um, oftentimes people use discipline as it's just the punishment. It's just a nicer word for punishment. Okay. So we have to be mindful of when we use the word discipline, what is, what is our intention behind that word? What is our intention? Is it trying to change our child or is it trying to guide, walk with them and support them to learn the lessons that life presents? So the true definition of discipline is to teach. And so are we teaching, what are we teaching our child? Because when we go into the mindset, I need to discipline, I need to do something that's from an inner wound within us versus I need to connect. How can I connect? Because children inherently don't want to do something wrong. And I use wrong quote because they're all just lessons and experiences. Because how do we learn? We learn by doing. Yeah. And so a child not listening doesn't necessarily mean they're not listening. They're just maybe so in the moment. I mean, how many times are you reading a book or doing something? Someone's talking to you and you didn't hear them. Our kids yeah. are no different. They're really no different than we are, but we have this mindset that, oh, I have to teach them respect. I have to teach them this and teach them. They already know it. They already know it inherently. They're born amazing as they are. It's just life messes us up. That's it. It's, it's yeah. no judgment. So what I invite parents to do in the meantime, because keeping in mind, you know, this is always a reflection of ourselves and I'm, I am putting this in simple terms in that there's no A, B, C, it's not a checklist. So being mindful, you, each child is an individual, each situation can be different. We don't know what's going on. So first and foremost, behavior is communication, 100%. Everything we do, good, bad, or indifferent, and I use the terms good and bad just loosely because I don't believe it's, you know, it's non-dual, um, it's behavior. So what is your child trying to tell you? Is there a need underneath that behavior? What is the need? What does your child need from you in this mo moment? I mean, you can go to the very simple, are they tired, hungry, you know, all of the easy things, but maybe it's more, they haven't had a lot of time with you. And so they just are, don't know what to do and they want time, real connection, presence. Mm -hmm. And so they are having a behavior to try to, to connect. It's not to get attention in the way that a lot of people think of, oh, they're just trying to get attention. What's wrong with wanting to get attention? They want to connect. Yeah. We, we look at that as a bad thing. I think that's a beautiful thing <laughs> Yeah. because the, it's, hey, mom, do you see me? Do I matter? You know, those are those questions. And so when we think of behaviors, these 
quote, behaviors that we don't like to see. You think of an iceberg, you know, you see this all the time going around the, the anger iceberg, the racism iceberg, and there's the behavior iceberg that you just see this top little bit. You see your child hitting another child. You see your child not listening. You see your child, you know, a teenager slamming the door, but then what's underneath, you know, maybe yeah. something happened at school. Maybe they didn't sleep well. Maybe, you know, they had an interaction with a friend that we didn't know about. We don't, we don't know. We never know the whole story. Just like no one knows the whole story about each of us. And often we don't even know the whole story because we haven't dived in. So it's the same thing. So as far as the discipline, you know, so first becoming curious, what is my child showing me? If you are activated, if it is bothering you, then there's something within you to explore. Because if we're not activated and feeling we need to fix, then there's nothing with it, you know, if then we're just there and we're present versus, oh, I need to change it. There's a core wound within us that reparenting ourselves. So shifting to the discipline aspect, it's about letting the natural consequences lay out. It's the cause and effect, starting to teach our children that when you do X, naturally Y happens. So it's understanding they're co-creating each and every moment, just like we are. And how can we guide them and let the actual natural consequence play out? You know, so a simple thing would be, you know, they're, they're not eating their dinner. And that really causes a lot of angst for a lot of parents. Like, oh, you have to eat something. You have to eat something. But maybe they aren't actually hungry in that moment. But we have created that this is dinner time. You sit down and you eat. Well, kids are more in tune with when they're hungry and when they're not. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to eat X, Y, and Z. Or maybe they don't like that, whatever it is. The natural consequence of not eating dinner is they're going to be hungry later. <laughs> And so, you know, or they hit a child and the child's going to be upset and they're going to have to feel what it felt like to hurt that child, yeah. you know, because they had have, you know, and then we can go into developmental stages. There's so much other stuff to talk about, but if we can allow those natural consequences, but so many times we interrupt them because it hurts us. We don't want to see our child in pain. We don't want to see them do that versus it's easier to just say, oh, I'm going to take away X and you're going to learn this lesson because then we feel we're in control of that versus if we it's stepping back and witnessing and being there for them as they navigate what happened. And this can happen at all different ages, you know, and sometimes we step in and we guide, but it's guiding them through it, asking questions, being there for them, fully present. I see you. I hear you. Oh, that must have felt bad when you hit your friend. Wow. How do you think they felt? Mm, how do you feel? What's something else you could do instead? I know you're frustrated, but then also remembering at three, they don't ha have any impulse control. <laughs> yeah. You know? So understanding the developmental stages is really important too, to know like, oh, this is completely, their frontal cortex is not developed. They don't understand cause and effect yet on that because they just do, they go, they're in the moment. They have a big feeling and they react in the only way yeah. they know how. So understanding and taking that wider viewpoint, but then always coming back to us. If I'm getting activated, what in men, what within me, am I feeling like I'm a bad parent? Someone's going to judge me because I didn't step in right away or I did the wrong thing. So just noticing and 
when we enter that space of curiosity, it gives a different energy versus I have to fix and make it all better. Because then we're in a place of fear and control. And and having said all of that, this is not easy. <laughs> and we yeah. are we are going to make mistakes as parents. And so that's that having that gentle compassion for ourselves in the process. So a situation can happen. We don't do what we think we should do. And then we beat ourselves up, but that doesn't help anything. Like, oh, if it happens again, what could I do instead? Yeah. So we can, it's a process. But ultimately, when it comes to behaviors, it's one of my favorite go-tos is it's connection before correction. Because when we connect, then we're able to find out more about the situation. Our child feels seen and heard. And then if there's a need to make a correction, there's a need to explain something or create a boundary. We do that from a place from our heart, not from a fear-based place. So connection, 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 first and foremost. I know that my biggest struggle is so, um, I definitely want to raise my daughter in the conscience, um, way of, of I'm like that. I really just want to let her explore. And I, I like to let her trust her own intuition, follow her own energy. You know, if she wants to play outside, I think it's good. If she wants to play, so let's let her play outside because she instinctively knows what she needs or wants. But my husband is on the other side of this, of, um, he, you know, he, he turned out really well. He's like, I turned out really well from discipline. And, uh, so he's much more old fashioned. And so mm-hmm. that's where our divide is, is because we're not really on the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into this conscious parenting. He's into the old school mm-hmm. discipline. And so he wa- and, I, and this is why I should definitely look into being able to work with you or doing a program is because he told me we'll try it your way. And if we can see a difference, then I'll, I'll listen. But I can get it to where I can actually show the fruit of this Mm -hmm. because we haven't quite got there. Um, So I haven't been able to prove why this can be a healthier way. So that's why Mm -hmm. I've been working on, okay, what can I do with myself to where I can show that this can work, Mm -hmm. you know? And the Mm -hmm. one thing I've noticed for me is there's a lot of inconsistency with me. So I've been really working on that, on, you know, my own moods, my own health. Um, that's been the big one for me, but so I got this like half hippie child, half, uh, you know, (laughs) structured and, um, but you know, that's the thing is I really enjoy parenting as far as I love, I love being a mom and Mm -hmm. I saw on Facebook and I thought so true. There's this meme about how we allow ourselves to have a bad day. We are allowed ourselves to be angry to throw a fit, to yell. But then when our children having a bad day, yep. then it's instantly like, oh, we need a discipline. We need to fix this. We need, like you said, we need to um, correct this. It's like, we forget to have the same tolerance and acceptance for our child 100%. who is not even as self-evolved to even know how to control those emotions the way we actually are capable of. Exactly. So true. I remember being punished as a child for, you know, having a bad day, having a meltdown because it was deemed disrespectful or something. Right. right. Exactly. And, and we often try to treat children as little adults. Yeah. That they should know all of this, the shoulds, right? 
They shouldn't, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, they shouldn't. Who says they shouldn't? Right. I mean, let's deconstruct that. Who says you're, because that's how you were raised. That's because that's what you see in the movies. That's because that's what this article said you should do. They have bad days. Yeah. I, when I'm out of balance and I am not doing my own self-care and taking care of myself and deconstructing what's showing up for me, if I don't take that time to do that, I will snap and I'll say something that it doesn't happen as often as it does, but it still happens. I'm human. And so why, uh, why do we not give the same compassion to our kids? If our friend comes over and they forget something, you know, they leave the house, they forget it. Do we berate them? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you lost, forgot your purse. Oh my goodness, it's a horrible thing versus a kid forgets their lunchbox. It's like, how oh, could you be so forgetful? I mean, we, we treat them often in such a different light than we would treat our friend. Yeah. We don't give them the same compassion. And, you know, tantrums happen. They're normal, they're healthy. They're getting their feelings out you know, and we look at them as, and I say, I'm talking generally speaking, because not everyone does, you know, that it, there's something wrong. No, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing yeah. wrong. Do you want them to bottle that in, shove it down? And then that creates more problems. No, you want those feelings to come out. You want them to be able to express themselves in a way. And is it always going to look the way we want it to? No, that comes with practice. And yeah. if we connect, and let them know they're seen, heard, and worthy. That's the biggest gift right there. Because that's all we, anyone wants. That's all adults want. Not just kids. It's an yeah. inherent need. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What, I mean, what is one thing, so especially for um, any listeners who maybe this is the first time of, of hearing about this. Or even if not, what is one thing a parent could do today? Just something simple to start becoming a little bit more aware of themselves as far as the way that their parenting can be a direct reflection of themselves and their children can be a direct reflection of, of themselves as well. Yeah, that is a great question. And it's such an individual process because everyone has a different experience growing up. What I, I use the example often of I mean, well, there's lots of examples, but I'll just grab one, you know, so perhaps your child um, has this behavior and it really annoys you, you know, they don't put their toys away or something, whatever it is. And then your partner or someone else, it's like, what's the big deal? They're a kid, you know, they don't get activated in the same way that you may be. That's a clear thing that like parent A is activated, parent B is not. in that specific behavior. So there's something within parent A that there's a wound in there, there's something. And it may not be, it's not about putting the toys away. (laughs) It's about something else. It's always, so it's always about digging deeper. So what, what can a parent do today? What's one thing they can do today? When they notice they're reactionary, there's something going on with you, the parent. Because the way to look at it is if that was your cousin or your friend's kid, would you be as activated? When you see someone else's kid have a meltdown, you see someone else's kid do something, 
oftentimes we aren't activated in the same way, but when it's our child, we are. Yeah. And so it shows the connection and the deep relationship that our children are mirroring back to us because they came here to teach us <laughs> yeah. more than we are here to teach them. And so when you notice that reaction, oftentimes, you know, and it's a process, this takes time, you know, whether you've been working on yourself and your own inner journey prior, it may be easier to start to deconstruct it. This may be brand new and it's really hard and you don't understand it. But just notice, oh, my child did X and I got really reactionary. I yelled, I took away this, whatever it is. So you can do this after it happens because in the moment that takes time. So the more we can start to notice, well, this is what's triggering me. Okay, I'm going to look at this. Is there a pattern? Does it happen at certain times of the day? Is it okay, when one child does it, it doesn't irritate me as much as when another child does it, if you have more than one child, because sometimes certain children activate different things in each parent, because they're all individual beings, you have may have a different expectation per child. But then once you start to notice what's activating you, I encourage people to go, so when I did a behavior like that, what happened when I was a child? Yeah just as a start. It's a simple place to start. And, and again, it's that curiosity space. And then, so that's one way to start to like, how is my child here to teach me? What's, what are they mirroring back to me? But ultimately the best thing a parent can do right now is start to practice some form of meditation, whatever that looks like for them. Um, and when I say meditation, I'm not saying you have, you know, you're, going to the Zen place for 20 minutes. There's a lot of misinterpretation of what meditation is, at least from my perspective. It's the power is coming back to the present moment. So if your brain is off here for 20 minutes, but you come back to the present moment once, that's that's amazing. You know, so it's, we, you know, so start small little bits. And the reason for that is it's starting to create a pause and a space. Because the more we can bring in a pause so our child does something, wait a minute, I'm going to take a, I notice it is the first step. And now I'm going to take a moment to calm myself before yeah. I step in. Because if we are not, if our energy is out of whack, that's only going to add fuel to the fire, you know, barring safety issues, right? Your child's running to the street. You just run and you grab your child, you react. So knowing that sometimes reacting is needed yeah. <laughs> for safety. <laughs> but most of the time it's not. And so understanding that I'm gonna take this moment and regulate my nervous system, because when they're, especially when they're little, we have to regulate ourselves to help them regulate their nervous system. It's the whole, yeah. it's mirror neurons. And so creating that pause helps us calm down and that helps your child calm down. I mean, it's science. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I so agree with that. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask too, is when, when you were talking, it, it made me realize, um, so like I would always deal with feeling pressure from other people about my mm -hmm. parenting. She's mm -hmm. my first child. And so people are always like, you know, are you going to go deal with that? You know, you need a blah, blah, blah. And yes. What would be your advice to a parent who, who really ends up dealing with a lot of feeling pressured by other people. And sometimes that pressure is part of why they end up 
you know, mm-hmm. teaching or disciplining the way you do. Exactly. Your- exactly. And that is the reality of the world that we live in, right? It's, there's so much pressure on parents that you're supposed to parent a certain way. You know, you're out at the grocery store, your child's having a temper tantrum. People are looking at you and we immediately assume they're judging us, but they may not be judging you as a parent. So noticing if someone's saying you should do this, conscious parenting is not for the weak of heart (laughs) because it does go against what culture often tells us we should do. And to be clear, conscious parenting is not loosey-goosey. It's not let the child do anything they want. It's not, it's about creating healthy boundaries from a loving place which may not look the way others tell you it should look because we're looking at the long game. It's not the short term. So we can put band-aids on stuff all we want, like the old way of parenting, band-aid, time out, time out. I take this toy away, do that. Don't let them talk to you that way. Oh, you got to call them out on that. Well, you can still have those conversations, but in the heat of the moment, they can't hear you because their brain is, I mean, it's the Dan Siegel, you know, the thinking part of the brain is not there. So barking at them is not going to teach them anything. So what do you want to teach? So when someone tells you, you should do it this way, thank you for your input. I'm trying a different way, but I appreciate your thought and you might not like this, but this is the way I want to parent my child. And I'm, I just, it feels right for me. And it's no judgment on you because they often will take that as a judgment on their parenting. So having compassion for that person. Yeah. Giving you advice that you didn't ask for. (laughs) Right. Right. So it's creating that boundary with the other who's giving you unsolicited advice. Thank you. I appreciate your input. I will take that into consideration, but for right now, I'm going to do this with my child because this is what feels good to me. So ultimately when others tell you what to do, it's all about you having to be in alignment with yourself Yeah, because we are going against the norm in conscious parenting. And having said that it takes a strong person. And I feel very strongly that this is the way the future is going to be. And I'll, um, I've used this example before. I don't know if you have pets. I do. You do. So do you have a dog? Yes. Okay. And I just use dogs because there's more dog training than cat training. I have a cat sleeping right next to me right now. The way we used to train dogs were with choke collars, be the alpha dog. You discipline that dog. You don't let that dog do that. You turn them over. You be the alpha dog. You growl in their thing or you yank, yank, yank that collar. So what is that? That's power over dog training, right? You are, you are bigger and better than that dog. So you know better. We can't speak dog. We're not dog. And choking them and doing that kind of harsh discipline doesn't work. It works by the look of it, but that dog is not feeling good. at all. They don't respect you back because you're not respecting them. Now, what is the popular way that we train dogs? Positive reinforcement, reward every try, deepen the relationship with your dog, 
but you still have boundaries. No, you still can't jump on somebody. That's not okay. But I'm not going to like hurt you. I'm going right. to, I'm going to move my hip towards you. I'm going to create a boundary. That's not okay. I'm going to use words. So it's the same with our children. Traditional parenting is power over the child. So what does that teach the child? I'm not worthy. My voice doesn't matter. If I step out of line, something's wrong with me, or I have to take care of my mom or dad's feelings. So I'm going to make sure I'm the good girl and the people pleaser. And I'm going to follow all these rules to not rock the boat. Right. Versus conscious parenting is parenting with creating that relationship, just like we now work on how we have relationships with our pets. We do that for our animals. We, we should be doing that with our children. And so I feel it's the future and it's going to take time. I think it's going to become more and more normalized, but in the, until then those people who did that positive reinforcement training with those dogs at the very beginning, they were shunned by the people, the traditional dog trainers, but it came around. Yeah. So it takes strength. The old ways it's, it really feeds off a lot of fear. I feel like fear is the messages because I remember just being a child. I was so scared of getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. That's what I remember. Like, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm scared of me in trouble. And it's just a fear thing. And and that's why I just don't like it. I'm like, I don't want her to ever have to fear us. Exactly. Um, That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't make me feel good. And I remember going to an actual therapist um, because people were being so hard on me about how I don't know how to parent. I mm. thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go to therapy and find out why I can't spank my child. Cause I just, yeah. it's like, I can't, I just can't spank her yeah. and people like gave me a hard time. So I went to therapy and, you know, she just really helped explain that, you know, parenting is such a personal thing. It's a personal relationship between you and that child and, and nobody else, you know, needs to have a say, so they don't have to understand, um, you know, your child better than anybody else. And you know, which things will work and which ones don't. And sometimes you have to try multiple things till you find something. But, and she also taught me about, you know, focusing on quality time instead of quantity. Mm -hmm. So for me, building connections started becoming about, instead of constantly creating space, that's also shared with my phone and the TV it was, how can I start giving her such good quality time of no phone, no distractions. And that actually ended up working better because then when I needed her, you know, could you please go play with your toys? Could you please go do something? You know, mommy's got a phone call or she, I'm trying to read something. It was easier for her to give me that space and go play because I'd been nurturing that quality time. Whereas she wanted to be with me 24 seven and still in a ways does and never could leave my side. So mm-hmm. it's really fixed that. And ironically, the other thing that happened was, so my dad died when I was a child and I've had this fear since then that I'm going to lose my child. What if I lose my child? I can, I can never survive if she died. Well, then I was complaining in therapy about how my child is so clingy. I can't go to the bathroom by myself. I can't go do anything. I can't eat my own dinner plate in my own chair without her sitting on me. And so she asked me, do you think it's possible that subconsciously your child feels your fear of being abandoned, of losing her, Mm -hmm. that she is subconsciously constantly trying to reassure you, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. You don't have to worry. 
nobody had ever asked me that question. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. As I started healing that wound, my child started to want to go play by herself. Mm -hmm. So it's like subconsciously, I was kind of keeping her in this codependent, unhealthy exactly. cycle because I had this fear right. that I think she still. Yeah. And energetically you were sending off that needy, stay with me, stay with me. And, yeah. and they, it's always the energy that they hear our words. If our words do not match our energy, they're going to hear the energy, not the words. Yeah. And so as you healed that within you, you allowed and gave her permission to stand more as herself. And I love how you talked about the connection aspect, because I think that's so important. You became connected, truly connecting with her without the phone, without the other distractions. So she feels seen, heard and valued by you. So she now I am okay to be away from mom because I know that connection is there because we're, when we're together, we're together. Now you yeah. can't be that way 24 seven, like you said, but if you make those moments in there, we enter our child's world. That's where the beauty is. And so the more we deepen that connection, and then you were saying how, you know, you were afraid when you were, I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to do this. Then children, you know, they can either become rebellious or they can shut down and take everything in. Yeah. And so having a relationship, knowing we're never going to know everything, right? That's not appropriate because there's things that we just always want to keep to ourselves or not share with our parents. And that's okay too. But as you go through preteen, teen, young adulthood, if you are their safe place to land yeah. because of that connection, it's huge because they know, hey, mom can be there for one. Things aren't going well. I can have quote bad feelings. They're not bad feelings. Just right. saying that for people, you know, I can have yeah. the bigger feelings, the one, the more uncomfortable feelings. Cause mom can be there for me in that space or dad. I'm just saying mom. Cause I'm talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> this is for all parents. Um, so do we see the results immediately? Some behaviors? Yes. No, maybe, but we're not looking for a perfect child who never has bad days. So I think letting go of this, oh, I'm going to have the child who always follows the rules, who never talks back. I want a child who's going to talk back to me because then they're using their voice. And then over time we can talk about, hey, how could you say that in a, a way where we can have a conversation? Because they're allowed to have their opinions. They're allowed to stand up for themselves. Do we want a child to go out into the world and let everyone tell them what they're supposed to do? Or do you want a child who's like, Oh, I heard that. That doesn't feel good to me. And I'm strong enough to stand up and do it my own way. Yeah. They know. And they Absolutely. have to practice that at home. And that doesn't always look pretty or feel good. And it is the reality of what we ultimately want for our children to stand on their own two feet, knowing who they are. Like you said, your daughter, trusting her intuition. If she wants to go outside. There's a reason she wants to go outside. But we squash that. And in, in conscious parenting, parenting with, we do our best to nurture that. Yeah. Knowing we're going to mess up. Yeah. So are you working with people now? Are you taking new clients now? I am. Yeah. Yep. So I do one-on-one um, -on -one coaching. Um, I do do group coaching. It's just a lot of people prefer one-on-one. -on -one. So if someone's interested in a group, I always encourage people to 
create that group first because they may wait a while <laughs> because okay. most people come one-on-one, -on -one, but if someone wants to do a group, I love group coaching personally, because we all learn from each other's and then you realize you're not alone. I mean, I love one-on-one -on -one coaching too. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I do have a couple online courses and planning to do more. Um, I just haven't had time to create them yet. <laughs> nope. That's how can someone find you right now? If they were interested in your course or working with you, how can they find you? They can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Tia Fagan Coach. So it's T-I-A, F as in Frank, A-G-A-N, Coach, C-O-A-C-H. Um, I'm on Clubhouse too, or my website is tiafagan.com. And then they can just email me or there's, I do offer free 30-minute Get to know each other sessions what's going on because it's really important to me that if someone wants to work with me they are working with me because they feel it's a good fit and vice right. versa because yeah. that's why i always do those first unless you know there's a i've already had a conversation with someone and they are or they've listened to me and they're like no i know you're my person um, <laughs> because it's being you have to feel safe working yeah. with me and that's most important so i want people to be there because they want they're ready to do the work because it's, it's amazing. It's truly yeah. amazing. Oh girl, I'm getting off this podcast. <laughs> hey, honey, you got to let me sign up for this course. We got to sign up for this course. Like <laughs> my chance to prove, but we can, I can show you that this can work. I've already like, I gotta, I gotta show this re recording. Um, but, and that's what makes me excited is I know I'm not the only person. I know there's so many parents out there who, um, are wanting to, be, uh, con do conscious parenting. And even parents who don't even know what that is yet are at, some of them are out of place right now where they're like, mm -hmm. you know, I want more for my home life. And, you know, I want to find a solution to not all the yelling in the house or the crying mm -hmm. without it always being, let me just spank my child 20 times right. a day. So I know there that parents, and I agree with you that the way of the future this is going to become the, like the popular way. This is going to hit mainstream. And, mm -hmm. um, because we're just, humanity is evolving. It's like the age right. of equipment. We are, we are really, um, exactly. stepping into new paragraphs. And I think that's amazing. It is. But it is. Thank it's you exciting. so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on here. I am so excited and I'm going to be adding your links to the information, okay. uh, for the Great. podcast and sharing it in the group that I run. And so I am just grateful for your time. And I learned a lot today. I took notes. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm very excited thankful that you do this work. I think it's so important. And you're the first person I've met who coaches in this area, so. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. And if you have questions, just reach out to me. You've got my email, so. Hey, it's the Shadow Shaman. Thank you for tuning in on another great interview. Each week, we release interviews with mentors, teachers, healers from all around the world, and those who just come on to share their personal story of powerful transformation. And other times, we pick a topic and we go in depth and explore shadow work around that particular topic. So I hope you will come back to see what we will be releasing next week. If you are looking to be a guest on the Shadow Shaman, you can email me at the Shadow Shaman Pod at gmail.com. Thanks.